0: Rewinding.
1: Rewinding
2: Kaya FM on FM Rewind Sidebar with Cindy On Kaya FM 95.9 Kaya FM 95.9 Home of the Afropolitan You're listening to um, Sidebar with Cindy With me Dr Cindy Siwe Fonseil It is World Mental Health Day And tonight we're asking How has your workspace affected your health?
3: Let the good doctor give you some expert advice.
1: Sidebar with Sunday.
2: Every Monday to Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Welcome to Saipat, Cindy, with me, Cindy siwe Sale, And today is World Mental Health Day. And what we're speaking about um, on KFM fm 95.9 is mental health in the workspace. The question I'm asking you tonight is, has your workspace affected your mental health? This is a very important topic because we know that, um, you know, w- with social media and with people like me speaking out more and more about mental illness, um, more and more people are coming forward with their stories. But it's, you know, we almost always hear about stories about trauma, divorce, bereavement, and so so on causing people to spiral into depression But we don't always speak about The workplace and the effect that it has On one's um, um, mental health So tonight that is exactly what we're discussing And I'm happy to be joined by um, Dr. Tabani Nguanyana He's from um, um, Liberty Lead, And he's um, a medical officer there I'll also be chatting to um, Abdurrahman Kenny from um, The um, CNS um, system um, um, Portfolio At Pharma Dynamics And we will also be joined by Uhali Chabalala, Who is a board Board member of the NPO called the Lupus Dive, and she's going to be sharing her experience um, of mental illness in the workplace. So we're looking forward to your calls. You can call us on oh eight six double zero double zero nine five nine. You can SMS on three six nine five nine, and the hashtags on social media are #SidebarCindy and #KFMTalk. So before we start taking your calls, I'd like to welcome Dr. Tabani Nguanyana to to the studio.
1: Good evening, thank you for having me
2: Okay, so Tamani, I think the first thing um, That I, you know, I, we should speak about Is um, I'll just dive straight into it Because you know this, it's always a challenge for me Are human resource departments Equipped to deal with someone That is suffering from mental illness In the workplace
1: Well, uh, it's a question <laughs> of whether They're supposed to be equipped Or, or not, they're supposed to be But uh, in terms of whether they are And whether they are aware of these mental health issues is a different story. And again, it comes down to whether they also have knowledge of it, Mm. because then they also could just be in the dark. So I think there's a main challenge in that uh, they are tasked with a big job of uh, managing this uh, wellness at work but uh, they also themselves might be in the dark in terms of what it entails
2: and and how do we then as as medical practitioners as healthcare workers um make a difference there because I found that you know i had I had my issues with with H R but I was fortunate enough that uh, I was a manager at the time and you and I worked together in, at that, at that organization and um I was able to, to you know to get the leave that I needed. I was able to come back and and continue working without too much of an impact on my on my on my income, but not everybody has that um, that privilege. so how do we sensitize um, human resource departments? you know to around around mental health issues and especially around the leave that must be taken for a person to recover because the recovery is is especially in the acute phase of of having broken down and and suffered uh, you know a, a mental illness the recovery is long so you might be gone for 3 weeks you might be gone for a month you might be gone for 8 weeks what can we do to sensitize hr to that
1: i guess uh uh, the workplace is a, a complicated place because uh, with uh, expectations uh, I mean if you're an employee you expect it to perform you expect it to be there Monday to Friday so others maybe Monday to Sunday
4: mm-hmm.
1: and long hours and all that with uh, deliverables that uh, expected from HR so there's really never a reset button that uh, you just uh, press to say now you need to be out of this loop that you're constantly in, so there's a high demand. Uh, we're at a, a time where the customer expectation is also high, so, very high. Yes, so which means then most of us are just expected to work, 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 and never have that chance to balance our lives, mm. you know, like that work-life balance. Mm. So it's quite important then that uh, HR people are aware, first of all, that. Uh, Uh, there's mental health issues that tend to affect employees and also maybe for them just to look at uh, the work environment as to how they can improve And I think
2: that. that's very important.
1: Yeah, yeah. And also for smaller organizations, because obviously in terms of uh, wellness programs, uh, smaller organizations might not have the resource in terms of uh, getting your employee wellness uh, practitioners or psychologists and all that. So then they might uh, rather outsource those uh, services. Mm. But the main thing is just that... Uh, the health, uh, I mean, HR people need to be aware that these are real problems. And there's also just a lot of stigma attached to it. So they, it's important for them to be very supportive and to also be seen as being supportive to- So the lives. stigma
2: is a big thing. And I think um, I've spent most of today um, retweeting stories. I shared my mental health um, story and I've retweeted people that have come onto the timeline and shared their stories. But the stigma attached to to, to, to living with a mental illness is still very strong. And, um, you know, It's only by sharing our stories that we'll get people to understand what mental illness is, to break down the myths around it. The problem with disclosing MC Benzini is that, and I've said this on many platforms, that all your behavior prior to your disclosure and everything that you do thereafter will always then be centered around the mental illness that you've disclosed.
1: Yeah, so I think then uh, it just also highlights a broader issue in terms of whether even managers uh, understand uh, how they need to handle it. Hmm. So it makes it even a a bigger problem because then... uh, Uh, You have managers that don't understand how to handle it. We have uh, work colleagues that don't understand how to handle it. So, and it's also just fear also for them to say, now you've told them this. uh," And now what must happen? Exactly. Mm. So I think there's a big challenge. And uh, if you think about most jobs where you're given certain projects, uh, certain tasks and all that, then the managers no longer know whether... So they continue to give you certain tasks? Well, yes, exactly. And,
2: uh, now they treat you differently. Yes. Now there's less work for you, or you can't yeah. do this, you can't do that, you can't be on your own, and that kind of thing.
1: Exactly, which then also renders even uh, you even to be next even worse because now you doubt yourself. Exactly. And, uh, now you're seen as not being resilient enough because you crack down under certain circumstances. And if you think about how uh, uh, rushed and uh, ruthless corporate is, then you're seen as the weak one. So you'll get left behind, which makes it even worse for you. Then uh, the work starts to give you fear, because now coming to work, Bring in in all this
2: Anxiety anxiety and so on Yeah,
1: exactly
2: Well, you've just hit so many nails on the head, Tabani But before we carry on chatting to you We're joined um, by um, Abdurrahman Kenny And he's our other guest for tonight's show Um, um, Hi, Abdurrahman, and and welcome to the show
5: Hi there, thank you very much for having me
2: So you're the um, Central Nervous System Portfolio Manager at Pharma Dynamics And... um, I know that, um, you know, the the, the mental health is is something that you're very interested in. Um, How can we help to make a difference in the workplace um, in terms of mental health? Judging, I mean, especially with the way life is right now, Tabani has alluded to the fact that we are like hamsters in a wheel. We are always on the go. Things have changed. It's not like before. How can we change that?
5: Yeah, so at Pharma Dynamics, we've realized that we also need to uh, try and, and increase the the, the, um, the knowledge around mental health, because a lot of the, the stigma is because of, of ignorance. Um, so we've found that there are certain factors that, that are part of everyday life um, that can, can actually um, increase your, your risk of, of developing a, a mental illness. Um, things like not spending enough time in the sun, or not uh, exercising enough, or spending too much time in traffic, um, as well excessive, excessive social media um, um, use. Uh, so, if we were to think about these factors in a in a work setting, um, not spending enough time in the sun because we are indoors all day um, in an office. Um, the recommendation is to to every once in a while just uh, go outside and take take a break to actually get some some actual sunlight. Um, the benefit of that is uh sunlight has a important role to play in terms of uh serotonin, which is a, a mm, hormone happy hormone. yeah exactly exactly as well as, as vitamin d also um it has been shown that almost a billion people around the world are actually vitamin d deficient um, and it's something that can be uh, that can be avoided so easily by just spending between ten and fifteen minutes um out in the sun with. Um, direct sun exposure.
2: So would it help if um, organizations then implemented a 15-minute-a-day a sun, enforced sun, you know, go out into the sun, please, get off your desks, please go out into the sun, stand there, have coffee, have tea, then come back. Would that make a difference?
5: I think that will definitely be a, a, a good policy to to have in an organization. Um, it will also encourage uh the, the employees to to take a break every every now and then, um, even if your your company doesn't have a, a policy like that, it, you could just uh, during your lunch break. I mean, everyone has a a lunch break. Um, you could just go outside and, and spend some time out in the in the sun. Have your have your lunch outside. Um, the the benefits of that would be tremendous.
2: Yeah. And vitamin D deficiency is a thing. Um, I know that um, when, when, when people come in and they speak about being sluggish, they speak about, you know, not having enough energy to, to do stuff. One of the things we do is screen for vitamin D deficiency and, and yeah, um, sunlight is an important thing. And what about our eating patterns, um, um, Abdurrahman? How, how have those contributed to, to um, you know, our mental health issues?
5: Yes, so eat, eat the, the things that we eat they say uh, you are what you eat right
4: mm. um
5: and there are definitely certain foods that are associated with with um changing of of moods um so a, a balanced diet is is very important in terms of your of your your mood as well um and palm dynamics has a a, a website that we created uh education um website uh, around mental health and on that website we have various um um recipes uh, yeah. with with different foods that can can increase or, or boost your your mood uh if i can just share that the, the name of the of the website it's www.letstalkmentalhealth or www.letstalkmh.co.za. okay
2: and so we can get information there about what foods we can eat to boost our, our mental our mental status. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So um, Doctor Tabani coming back to you, let's just speak a bit about um um you know how how do you disclose? Okay, so say here you are you're Cindy, you've had a mental breakdown, you're now admitted into hospital and now you must disclose what has happened to your to your to your team, either to your leader or to your HR department and everyone else. How how do you recommend a person goes about it? And and is disclosure necessary.
1: Well uh, I guess uh I can talk about uh, two parts. Uh, I mean, I'm now reminded of uh, disclosing also to the insurance company in terms of uh, when you're seeking cover, which we're just going to touch on right now.
2: So insurance companies do want to know if you've had a mental illness...
1: Yes, it is important for them as well because they are the risk writers. Yeah. But just on that one, I think it's very important for employees and managers and our employers to develop a trusting relationship because then it makes it easier for them to be able to disclose to each other.
2: So trust is essential. If you don't trust your manager or your, or your, or your um, you know superior, you're not going to tell them.
1: Yeah, and also be able to have access to human resource people that can also be able to advise in terms of how to go about that. Yeah. But I just uh, also want to touch on the issue about uh, disclosing uh, your medical issues to the insurance as well, because it's also another uh, big part that we try to promote uh, mm-hmm. if you look at Liberty and and maybe most other insurance companies uh, to say we also ask specific questions where you're expected to disclose even mental health issues. So it's not just an issue of only di- uh, does, uh, disclosing that you have diabetes, high blood pressure and maybe what is seen as like usual diseases, Mm -hmm. but mental health issues also need to be disclosed to the insurances.
2: So I'm going to have to phone Liberty on Monday and let them know.
1: Well, it's quite important in many ways because uh, as risk writers, as I said earlier, then they are able to quantify how much risk you are and then be able to offer you appropriate cover and also protection because when you talked earlier about how, as an employee, you can be threatened uh, by the fact that you're off work for many days. Three
2: weeks is a very long time. I mean, I was
1: off work for three whole weeks. And if you think about the days that you are located, the six days as as an employee, I mean, most you can get 12 a year, which maybe is 36 days in a three-year cycle, which may not be enough. So that's where we come in as insurance to say, should you then be losing your income? Due to your health issues or medical reasons This way we come in to offer you some kind of protection
2: Okay, that's yeah. an important point Thank you so much for making that point, Dr. Tabani Guanyana So if you've just joined us, um, you're listening to Sidepart Cindy With me, Cindy Fansel, And this evening we're speaking about um, mental health in the workplace Especially because it's the 10th of October And it's World Mental Health Day We're taking calls on 86 We have Hazel on the line um, Hi, Hazel, and welcome to the show Hi, Cindy
0: um, so my story is actually the opposite, right? So when I disclosed at work, um, they allowed me to go to the mental health facility. I was there only for two weeks, though, because they didn't give me the, they didn't give me the, the four three weeks. But I had to be working while I was there. And when I came back to work, they increased my workload, moved me from project to project, and was knocking off work at one o'clock in the morning. And subsequently, I started not performing because of all of this. And then they tried to put me through a disciplinary hearing because of that.
2: And um, so what was the outcome of the disciplinary?
0: Well, I resigned before the disciplinary hearing.
2: Oh no, Hazel.
0: I just couldn't cope. I mean, I was, I had just, I had a three month old at home um, and I was leaving work at one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. And they just kept on moving me from project to project.
2: So it sounds like to me they were actually trying to push you out. It's it really feels like it. Having dealt with such cases, it feels as if they gave you, uh, in, you know, enough pressure for you to bow out. Yes, and
0: obviously because I just and I'm not and I just I just couldn't cope. I wasn't
2: okay. So we've lost Hazel, but Tabani, that sounds like a case of constructive dismissal, if I can say it like that.
1: Well, uh, yeah, it does. Uh, but again, I think it just comes down to that what we talked about to say you're obviously going to have uh, an extremes in terms of what kind of managers that you yeah, that you get. Because it is clear then in her case that maybe she got the extremes of uh, managers away. Mm-hmm maybe they were no longer happy to keep her because they thought maybe uh, she could control her uh, mental issue. I I don't know what might have been the case. But again, you get those extremes where uh, the others think they have to take away all the work from you, but others think perhaps they have to give you too much work because you've been away. So again, there's a lot of industry specific issues and a lot of uh, uh, maybe uh, issues that depend on, on the type of work that you're doing. Also, it's just human factors because, I mean, if you think about managers and, and how they look at it, uh, others don't even uh, believe that you actually have maybe depression and anxiety. Well, that's, that's the
2: thing. I think, I think this, is um, the, this is the thing with, with, with mental illness. I mean, you and I are both medical doctors. Everyone is willing to accept a broken arm or a scratch on the cheek or a broken leg. But when it comes to mental illness, it's, it's almost like, yeah, Zenzi, so yeah, deaf. Uh, you know what's going on. It's, it's because we can't see what's happening.
1: Yes, so I think that's where the other main challenge is where... They just think no. You need to be strong. You need to uh, get with the program, you know, and not understand that is actually a real illness.
2: We have a lot of work to do in changing the culture around mental in the illness in the workplace. Yeah. Um, um, Abdurrahman, coming back to you. I mean, you heard. Um, I'm sure you heard what Hazel um, um related um, um just now. Um, are they are there home remedies that um. A person can, I mean, apart from getting out into the sun and eating better, what else can someone do if they feel, feel that they're not coping, They they're on the verge of burnout? What do you recommend a person does? Abdurrahman?
5: Ah, so
2: I, I'm sorry. I think I just lost you there for a few seconds. I think you're uh, the lost you Okay, so I was just asking you about um, home remedies in terms of of you know. So say you've identified that okay, you are, you might you might be working too hard. You're not getting enough sleep. You might, you know you might be slipping towards depression. What can a person do um, before it it's, it gets out of hand? What do you recommend uh- a person does?
5: Oh, I see. Okay. Um, yeah, there are various things that, that one can do in order to, to, um, improve your, your mental health that is not necessarily, uh, medication. Uh, so, for example, the recommendations, like we spoke before, was a, a, um, a good healthy diet as well as incorporating exercise. Um, and also things like quality sleep things that we we take for granted quality sleep has a a massive effect on your on your um mental health and then simple things like spending time with with the ones you love um and also taking or making time with, uh, things that you enjoy like hobbies and activities, et cetera, that you that you find um, useful. All of these things form part of, of a healthy mental outlook.
2: Today is World uh, Mental Health Day. Um, it's the 10th of October. And because of this, we're speaking about mental health in the workplace. That's a topic for tonight on Sidebar Cindy on KFM 95.9. I've been chatting to Dr. Tabani Guanyana from the, um, the Liberty Group. He's a medical um, doctor there. And also to Abdurrahman Kenny. He's from the CNS Portfolio of Pharma Dynamics. And we've been speaking about mental health in the workplace. But I'm now joined by a third guest. Um, she's a board member of an NPO called The Lupus Dive and her name is um, Khali Chabalala and Khali has a story to share with us about what she went through in the workplace um, with, you know, with with regards to mental illness. So, thank you so much, Khali, for, for joining us and also thank, thank you for you reaching much. out to me because you reached out and you spoke about this and I'm happy that we can have you on the show to tell your story. Thank you so much, Dr. Cindy. So, Khali, so your 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 journey with mental illness in the workplace was a harrowing one um um what happened so um,
6: speaking from the point of view of the lupus drive um, being an organization that deals with a chronic illness in which most of the members present with mental health challenges um, what we have noticed is that there's, there's a wide set of abusing of and stigma um as a result of mental health illnesses. Um and this is both the horizontal um abuse which is colleague to colleague and then also the vertical abuse which your call is an example of um which is um due to the manager or the supervisor or the hr manager um so within that there's different things and you you spoke about this um dismissal and usually people don't think that it might be um that because they they look for material things to be wrong when there's unfair dismissal mm-hmm. instead of thinking that I'm in a toxic environment. My supervisors are not understanding um, when I need to go to the hospital uh, or when I need a day off because I'm fatigued, I'm expected to bring a doctor's letter for fatigue. Mm. So it's a whole range of different abuses that people go through, and especially um, within the lupus drive as well. You find that lupus is actually triggered by, a, a lupus is most often triggered by stress. So what happens in the workplace Largely impacts on the on the patient's health uh, The physical health as a whole as well um, So it's got far-reaching consequences And I don't think that people yet um, have grasped that concept um, As to how bad
2: toxic workplaces can affect people And and then you're caught up in a vicious cycle Where work stress contributes to your lupus You have a flare-up And it just goes on and on and on
6: Yes. And um you'll be lucky if you can even get um leave to to, to cover for, for that work stress that has now caused a lupus flare. And it's also hard to explain and say, I have a lupus flare caused by stress because then most times your supervisors or all your all your bosses or your managers feel that um you're sort of blaming them for for your illness. Whereas it's just it's, it's just a medical fact, you know. Um, and then the other problem with that is that, um, as Dr. Tabana said, there's, there's
2: issues of confidentiality. Um,
1: if
6: I disclose, that, is always, I, that is
2: always a challenge, Hali. I think most yeah. people will not disclose a mental illness in seven any because they don't know where that information is going to end up.
6: Let's look at why with that. Um, when you have a mental illness and then you address the and that's a letter your team is not performing, most times it's not taken for the merit and the good fit that that address is in. Mm. But it's taken as, oh, she's having a mental breakdown, oh, unstable, oh, you have you taken your medication, which is the worst you can actually ask a person. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and the same does not apply with diabetes, for example. Um, No one says when you are complaining about your team's performance that, oh, it's because the sugar is a bit low, a bit too high. And I think um, the stigma will be broken once we can look at these as parallel things. Um, Diabetes, a broken leg, as you said, or um, a mental illness is exactly
2: the same. It's an ailment, and it needs to be addressed as such. So... How do you so with your organisation? Um, I mean, the, the, how do you encourage the, the, the patients living with lupus to approach their their managers? Do you, do you do you get involved as 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 you know as a board member of of the NPO, the Lupus Dive, or do they go there on their own with letters from them, from their doctors and so on?
6: the conditions are twofold with regards to that. Um, it's a debate that's constantly being had, um, within the lupus drive as to when do you disclose and who do you disclose to? Um, and then also, um, I have I have dealt with issues in the past um, of people who were in workplace situations and they didn't get the right treatment um, and how they were dealt with. Um, so with regards to your confidentiality issue and disclosing, and what I recommend is rather after you've signed a contract. Um, because if you disclose before, someone can say, Oh, we don't need you for the job anymore or the vacancy has been filled. But at least if you say you've got a contract that shows that you are an employee, um once someone dismisses you on the ground of the of the mental illness, even if it's an indirect um reason that's given you have the contract to go and take them on within the CCMA Um, because there's no protection if you do not have a contract but we are also very specific about uh, get get familiar with the working environment that you're in Mm -hmm. find out who it is that you need to disclose to and this should be stated in your contract and make sure you only disclose to that person because you do not know how other people are going to deal with it in an ideal world, so you disclose to HR, um, you can expect that, um, for example, with your caller, that when you come back um, to work after a mental uh, health breakdown, yeah. that you not get piles of work. Um, but the fact that you went through that shows that the supervisors and the managers were in on it as well. Um, and I think that it should also start being treated. Mental health should start being treated as. Um, worthy of a transgression if you evade someone's privacy and and disclose the same way that there would be um an uproar if someone disclosed someone's HIV status, for yeah. example, you know? Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Well, uh, thank you for those insights, um, Khali Chabadale. We'll still keep you on the line because um, we'll come back and ask you a few more questions. Just going back to um, Abdurrahman Kenny, he's the CNS Central Nervous System Portfolio Manager at Pharma Dynamics. Um, Abdurrahman, I'm sure you've heard what um, Khali was saying. Yeah. Okay, so... Coming, still, still sticking to disclosure in the workplace because that is the big thing. Um, I'm on medication. I'm on antidepressants, and there's going to be a six weeks period of me working through the side effects, and then hopefully after that things start looking up. Should I tell my manager that I'm on treatment and it's going to make me sluggish, and um, you know can, they can expect me to be a bit different during that period? Should I be telling my manager this kind of information?
5: Uh, I think it, it will depend on your on the manager, but. Off the top of my head, I would say that, yes, it is a good idea to actually tell your manager so that they know what to expect. Um, When it comes to to mental health, a lot of the the problems uh, are are coming from a a place of of ignorance. Um, And once people understand what mental health is and, and the fact that you can live a, a normal life once you and once you are, are treated um, properly uh, then people will, will tend to understand um, so I think it is a, a good a good thing to have an open line of communication with your, with your manager so that uh, expectations both ways are, are, are managed and, and understood.
2: Okay, and just speaking about um 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 psychiatric medication, there's so many myths around um, medication, Abduraman. So, I know that some of the myths around antidepressants are that is that antidepressants are, are addictive, and once you start them, you can't stop them. Just just talk about that um, um to us.
5: Uh, when it comes to, to medication and, and, for example, side effects, there are always uh, side effects associated with, with any kind of medication. Uh, and the recommendation is that you always uh, listen to what your healthcare professional um, tells you, because they will always uh, warn you about any specific uh, concerns related with any particular medication. Um, there are so many options out there when it comes to to treating um, mental mental health, and your healthcare professional is the one that has spent years learning uh, or, or being trained on the the benefits and the risks associated with with each medication. Mm-hmm. So it's important for you to to partner with your healthcare professional uh, in order to to uh, move forward on your journey to to well-being.
2: Okay, coming back to you, Doctor Tabani Kwanana. I'm um, from Liberty, so. Okay, so yes, it's important for us to disclose to um, our insurers that, that we're living with a mental illness. It's important to disclose m 7 if you can, if, if, you, if you're guaranteed um, confidentiality. Um, colleagues, do you think it's important to, to, to disclose to your colleagues what you're going through?
1: Well, uh, I think it is quite important that you do disclose, particularly for your work as teams, uh, because then they might want to be... Uh, also aware what's going on in your life but i think again it comes down to whether is it people that you can trust with your uh, confidential information and, and this, and this all word that.
2: keeps on coming up yes. can you trust them? can you trust
1: them? exactly so it's a good idea to disclose because people need to understand and maybe you can get people that can be able to be supportive during that time but then you also kind of have to use your own judgment in terms of whether it's people that you can trust because then what you don't want is to tell somebody your confidential information and it's everywhere and then that makes your uh, life at work even more difficult because now there's too much stigma around it and then maybe a lot of people that really don't understand how it has to be handled.
2: So we're still taking your calls on oh eight six double zero double zero nine five nine. The question we're asking on World Mental Health Day is, um, you know, has has your mental health affected you in your workplace, or how has your workplace contributed to your mental health? I mean, we spend there's that saying we spend eighty percent of our time at work, and um, I know that some some work environments are very stressful, you know, highly strung. You know, especially in corporate, and that can contribute to you having um, burnout, and then you know, subsequently depression.
1: Yeah, I think uh, there's many reasons as to why people develop mental health issues, and again, you can look at many factors either your modifiable uh, factors where there's something we can do uh, something about or those that may be non-modifiable factors such as your genetic issues that maybe you're born with or maybe are prone to just based on your familial history mm. so but I, I guess the main thing that we're looking at here is those toxic environments uh, that there's a lot that can be Uh, done about so that's where the employers and HR managers need to understand and be able to have a plan as to how uh, they can deal with those I mean if you think about discrimination at work based on your health or based on your mental health, it's actually against the law. It's unlawful mm, to do it so. Isn't it's quite regulated to say all forms of discriminations uh, are prohibited. I mean, if you think about also even small things such as harassment, bullying, those are some of the things that can actually lead to people uh, having mental breakdown because then they are unable to handle the situation and they're always scared, and uh, maybe they lose confidence along the way. So, I think harassment and bullying is one of the things that also need to be addressed. And uh, Also, if you think about HR, they should have ways of uh, being able to reasonably accommodate people that uh, suffer a certain illness or mental health issue. Because sometimes to just go back to the same environment or the environment that uh, triggered the problem, then it might not be helpful for you. So Mm. the HR people, Uh, I uh, presume they're supposed to be uh, taught in terms of how they can look for other alternatives in the workplace where a person can be placed in terms of an area that is maybe got more support or that is different from
2: From where they were.
1: But then it means they also have to kind of do a search in terms of what would have triggered uh, the problem if it's related to work. Mm. Because then keeping somebody in the same place uh, may not be good for their health.
2: Yeah, the corporate, the corporate environment is, is, is hectic I mean, I'll just talk about my situation So when I had my mental breakdown When I got back to work One of the things that my psychologist had said Is that A, I needed to leave work at work So I had to leave my laptop at work And then every Wednesday I had to have a half day So that Wednesday afternoons was me doing something for Cindy So there had to be Cindy time And that was very really challenging Because you know I took this recommendation to HR And obviously um, my salary for, for, for Wednesday Was was cut I didn't expect that Because you know how I am But it was quite It was quite eye-opening Oh, okay So, okay So Wednesdays are half days And my salary Kind of went down a bit And uh, thankfully happy was able to To help me through that But, um, you know Those are things That you must also Think about That if there are changes That have been um, Recommended By your psychologist For you not to relapse You'd have to Implement those changes If it means that you work Four days a week Instead of five Or six days Instead of seven You'd have to find a way of of making that happen. So we have Marsha calling us from Johannesburg. Um, hi, Marsha. Welcome to Sidebot Cindy. Thank you. Thank you, Dr.
7: Cindy. Um, Dr. Cindy, I was just on the, uh, listening and I'm interested in the constructive uh, dismissal issue. Mm. You know, um, in organizations, especially this big organization, there is support. However, somebody has to facilitate that support process yeah. for instance you have to support the particular employee as a manager mm. but let me tell you we do not have managers who are leaders you know because as a leader or manager you have to empathize so managers lack empathy so they do not want to facilitate the process as a result they abdicate responsibilities by wanting to actually get rid of the employees Mm -hmm. So factors are there, you've got employee assistance programs, you've got incapacity management, they are there,
2: but Mm -hmm. somebody has to trigger the process. So it goes out back to the managers who are not leaders. Well, and I mean, we, yeah, okay, we can say that some of these managers are not leaders, but also you can't you can't do what you don't know. So maybe um, as a country, we should be looking to getting mental health practitioners into organisations to teach people about 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 this. The same way, you know, with HIV, the knowledge we now have has been taught to us by people, and we had to disseminate that knowledge to the nurses and the doctors on the ground. Maybe the same thing needs to happen with mental illness.
7: Sure. I, I, I promise you. Yeah, we there's a lot that needs to be done mm. on the ground. Yes. Okay. We've got good and excellent
2: organization that I can mm. No, thank you so much for that, uh, Marsha. So coming back to um, Khali Chabalala, who's the, a board member on, from from the NPO, the Lupus Drive. Khali, did you hear what Hazel had to say about, about managers not being leaders and so on?
6: Yes, and I totally agree with that um, because, I mean, bosses will be dictators but leaders will empathize as she said. Um, The, for me, I think the biggest problem before we start looking at the, at the, um, people who are enforcing these rules, we need to look at where are they enforcing them from? Mm. Um, and the legislation, I mean, the Labor Relations Act, for example, the Basic Conditions of Employment Act, for example, if they are talking about, um, 12 days in a year or 36 days in a three-year cycle, where does the mental health, um, fit in with that because it doesn't help if your medical aid can notice that you need 21 days in order to to heal a year some people more um but then you can't actually make that happen in terms of um at work and most times you even find that employers don't pay like the UIFs or Mm -hmm. um other other funds and liberties of this world so that the employee can then tap into those resources mm-hmm. when they are now on unpaid leave. And Even the way that that happens, the, the, the judgment of incapacity, mm. um, as Dr. Tabane was saying, it's legislated, but it's never followed because it's not just supposed to be their decision to say, okay, Cindy, if you're going to take Wednesday as a half day, you're going to be paid this much. There are processes that need to be followed. Mm. There's an independent doctor that needs to, at the cost of the employer, that Assets needs to make, you you and make a
2: decision. Yeah.
6: Yes, yes, for as to whether is this person um, fit for for employment or not and what could be solutions in terms of like moving them around to different departments um, where they won't have as many strenuous um, activities but you generally find that it's just an executive decision taken based on how someone feels that day that okay if you're going to take Wednesdays as half days I'm going to pay you 50% on Wednesdays but they have not followed the procedure Mm. and the other thing is that once you realize that okay these people have not followed procedure enforcing action to be taken against them is a bit difficult because if you then go to the ctma which by all accounts is free to go to um we've seen in many cases in the lupus drive that employers will drag the cases on because they know that there's a there's a cap on your on your savings yes. um, where you can pay for professional advice because Unfortunately, we do need a professional to stand with us in that yeah. in that point, because there's just not enough knowledge on mental health um, widespread amongst gay people. So they'll drag the case for long knowing that at some point you're going to your your savings are gonna burn out. And once they've reached that point, then you end up giving up on the case instead of getting justice. So employers are not necessarily winning on the basis of merit, but they're winning on the basis that there isn't they they have just
2: exhausted the process for the employee. And um, we're speaking about mental health in the workplace because it is the tenth of October, which is mental health um um, yeah world mental health day and that 's how we have the topic of mental health in the workplace so if you 've um you know had a situation at work where your mental health affected affected your work or your workplace contributed to your mental health in an adverse manner we we want to hear from you call us on zero eight six double zero double zero nine five nine and the hashtags on social media are sitebard cindy and kfm talk and you know people have been commenting and i think the the calls are you know are, are really. You know pricking my heart um, Especially because I had a mental illness issue at work And it was handled I think it was handled quite well For the most part But I look at how Other people's situations Have been handled And I just I, I can't imagine being forced out of work you know forced in inverted commas because you've disclosed that you're living with this situation but my guests this evening are Dr. Tabani Nguanyana from Liberty um, um, he's a medical doctor there and I'm also chatting to Abdurrahman um, Kenny he's from Pharma Dynamics he's a CNS portfolio manager and we're also chatting to um, Khali Chabalala who's the um, um, a board member of the NPO the lupus drive and lupus is, a, is quite a debilitating condition I um, mean you know you have lots of relapses and so on you have to be on medication lots of strong medication and it also also contributes in a way to your mental health, and she's chatting to us about how they help patients um, who are living with lupus navigate the workplace, having been diagnosed with the, with, um, with a mental health issue. Um, so, Dr. Tabani, just just you know, catching up with you. Um, we, as you mentioned earlier on, that the corporate environment. Is, 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 it's really, it's, it's hectic. And I, I didn't know this until I started working in the private sector and started seeing more and more people coming through, complaining about, you know, it's, it's always my back is sore, my neck is sore, I can't sleep anymore and so on. And because and I, I did a stint in, in corporate medicine at one of the the big companies. And every Friday when I went there, I'd see people coming with these, with these ailments. Some people would come in every week. What can we do to help people handle the stress there has to be a way that this can be different it can't be that this is how corporate is you get into corporate it's a hamster wheel and you're just going round and round and round until it spits you out there has to be a way of doing things differently
1: well I guess we are living in difficult times uh, where we are all driven by having to earn an income And uh, we obviously have uh, managers that are going to be driving us to make sure that the profit margin is achieved. (laughs) And
2: KPIs are made and KPAs and oh my gosh.
1: Exactly. So, I think that's uh, the main challenge to say the managers also have their managers that also have expectations on on, on their bottom line in terms of what performance needs to be.
2: But, Sabani, you know, so. they, they, we have to do things differently. I mean, the other day, I went to, um, I g- I went to give a talk at Google, right? Google in Bryanston. The office, you want to work there. I mean, that's a high-pressure environment. But you walk in there and it's colorful and it's bright and there's pink couches and there's food why can't other organizations implement that I mean I I know that the people at Google work hard I know this they told me but they're happy to be there because it just looks cool and it's bright and it's vibey and there's music and you know
1: Yeah, well, uh, I guess there's a lot that corporates can do in terms of implementing those. Uh, I'm just hoping that you also looked if they didn't have a net outside (laughs) to catch people from falling off the building. I I did check for that. There wasn't anything. I actually thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, the main thing, uh, the important thing, I guess, is that uh, corporates are driven by profits and uh, they have to make money. They have targets that they have to do and uh, that they have to achieve. And uh, so if you are seen as a, somebody that is not as uh, a slacker yes, and all that then it's very easy for them to want to do anything in their power to get rid of you whatever that might be the case i mean if you look at or oh, hear the callers that have been calling us in terms of how what how has things happened in their lives in their workplace so you can see that uh managers just want result.
2: Oh my goodness.
1: Well so, I, I hope I amazing. hope
2: I become a manager of a corporate organization one day. I will make sure that people come to work shorts and people come to work happy. But we'll see. So we're taking calls, oh eight six double zero double zero nine five nine. We have Ukatleho calling us from the West Rand. Hi Leho. welcome to SidePod Cindy. Hi Doctor Cindy uh, thanks for having me online. Uh I just want
4: to share my situation, my story yes. of how the
7: West contributed
4: to to me, every mental illness, and, you know, I've been really sick. Um, First, what happened is that, um, uh, I'll just record a not that just the names of the company that is in, just to give you the background the, the of the story. Mm. Uh, i'm a south african and i was recruited by an international organization okay and the job was supposed to be in one of the african countries yes. outside of south africa okay so me being new in the organization i thought automatically okay when you get employed by this organization so you go going out and then you become an expert and you get allowances and all those things yes only to find out when i got to that country uh, that was not the case. I was told no, but you are a local hire. Even though you're coming from South Africa, coming to a different country, it's very local hire. So you, you are eligible for allowances, but you are not entitled to them. So
2: okay. when you so when you left the country, you left the country yeah. having have they confirmed that when you get there, this is what they're going to do? You'll get an allowance and so on, or was that an assumption on your part?
4: No, they They gave me the the. The damage, because I asked for the pay slip, yes. So exactly what is happening on the dummy pay slip? I want to see what happens. So the dummy pay slip, with housing allowance, cost of living allowance, and all those things. Okay. Mm. So then for me, I was happy. Then I left. And then one thing, also sorry, that I in your place, it it, These the ones that are showing like housing allowance and all these allowances are showing on the that I'm not. you are legible for them, but you are not entitled to them. And uh, Your manager is the one that needs to approve. Mm. Okay. So then, okay, that's fine. But then I said you know, inquiring, asking HR, asking, uh, you know, staff association, asking every, everybody that is within the organization How work out How did you, I, you know, I would I, I I, make an example that I used to work in South Africa, for a South African company, even when I go together, to Germany, they're giving you a subsidy allowance. You know, you, you get some sort of allowance. Now, how do you put these
2: own? And then, I'm really not getting an allowance. allowance, yeah. Exactly. So what eventually, so what had, what eventually happens, Katlejo?
4: Okay, eventually then, because you know, I had to live with the stress. But then, unfortunately, then, three years down the line, while I was working, I kept on fighting and fighting and writing through the med and things. You know, I had to write uh, to, to come and uh, just to, to, to present the say okay? This is actually my cost of it. because I, I was one, living but just so high. And yeah, and, and you full, couldn't afford it. And then, you know, I eventually, after three years, I just like, let me just live with the stress and then just uh, focus on doing my job and this and that. I had a fancy contract. and then after my two, three years down there, I, I had a treater, which was my mom. and that's when I started to home, break down. Mm. No. So I had. So the, the most painful thing was that when I am in that country, I I was treated like a local person. You see, so even when I'm sick, I couldn't come back home. You know, because I really am. I belong to that
2: country so I had to go to that hospital in that country. Sure. No. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm, sorry that you had to go through all of that. Thank you for sharing with us. Definitely. We have, okay, we have, O oh, Puso calling us from South Hills. Um, hi and welcome to Sidebar Center. Yes. Uh, thank you
8: so, for, so much for the topic.
2: Hi, Dati Puso. Hi,
8: oh, oh, hi. Thank you so much for the topic and uh, for highlighting this very, very crucial uh, area mm. of health. Because, uh, you know, I talk from, from the point of view uh, of the black community. I think it's what we about mental health. Yes, and me mental too. health is mental health. Like, I mean, I may have a uh, toothache or something or something. It may have manifestations of its own. But we are mm-hmm. and we we'll begin looking for this person who has bewitched uh, you and uh, mm-hmm. all this kind of thing. I will make an example with myself. You know, uh, I, I lost two sisters. One, uh, it was suicide committed at eleven years old, and another one of uh, with cancer. And uh, people did not understand my kind of. Uh, I would go into this depression and so on and so. on. Now I'm sixty years of age, mm-hmm. and this happened when I was younger. I, I mean, even our parents didn't know any better. Yeah, like like the, my my mother was in the in the medical field. And so uh, then there wasn't that much understanding of mental health. But what I'm saying to you is that I don't think there's any excuse for companies to not know much. There is so much information. I think it's just a matter of wanting, wanting the willingness
2: yeah to make to, to change to, to change the company culture yeah and and i think and that yeah that willingness yeah. must come from the top it must come from the ceo and must trickle all the way down because unfortunately yeah. you know as utabani was explaining it you know companies yeah. want results it's all about money we are working yeah. harder and harder and we're resting less yeah. so companies yeah. need to need to make a you know, you know have something for people to to be able to survive Das, das and and, and, and
8: people can abuse. Uh, they can abuse their their, their their positions. You know, I worked in an institution, and the person that was heading the institution was a psychologist. Mm. Was later, to become of person in government and high position in government, and so on. Other, so the way ill treated people and, and using psychological manipulations, mm. And mm. what and what, mm. and what and what and mm. what. One of the people. Uh, even died, you know, literally died.
2: Oh, no, know, uh,
8: It's not an exaggeration. And, you know, uh, uh, they can, they use manipulation. Yeah. And, uh, like that other one that was pushed. Out of work, for, yeah. yeah. Out of work. And, and I think uh, there needs to be legislation. Yes. Very, very strong legislation that says you've got to retain, you've got to do everything in your power to retain a person who is in the state, we all have our our psychosis in different levels. Yeah, we do. And I think it's time up. You know, let me tell you. I'm, 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 I don't want to take your time. Mm. You know, I I worked and I still work with uh, homeless people, and uh, I, from 1983, and uh, until today. Now, the mental illnesses. Most of them, uh, have had uh, m- mental illness. And uh, because of that, you know, they, they are overlooked. One, I think, because of the facing in life, they are the lowest of the lowest in, in, in society. But at the same time, we do not even want to acknowledge that it can happen to us. It's true. You know, I'm, I'm a cancer patient myself. And I deliberately tell people everywhere that I have cancer. Because there was a stigma about cancer is going to be contagious and what and what mm. and what and what and what. And, and the more I talk about it, the more, the more people begin to ask. Us. And I the think it's, a, and, and it's
2: the same thing with mental health, that the more we have these conversations, the more we'll break the myths and the stigma around it. But thank you so much for your the, call, that It was great okay, to hear from you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, so we have one more caller before we wrap up the show. Hi, June. Welcome to Saipat. Cindy. Hi. Um, Cynthia,
3: I just want to share my story. It's actually quite lengthy, but I'm going to make it as short as possible. Thanks. Um... You know, the company that I'm working for is also quite well-known and um, I've been um, like I've got a a service of about 50 years and um, you know lately about Two years, three years ago I was put over onto was in the same department but onto something totally different which I wasn't coping with mm. and which I've mentioned to them that, you know, considering my age and all of that and that and um that I'm not coping and it was said to me, Well, you know, like that that's the that's the KPI, that's the mm. thing that's been set out and, and you, have you need to.
2: to do it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So um, for the last two years, I've gotten no increase and the company us a bonus. I was deprived from that as well. And I was told, you know, that I'm an underperformer and it's gotten me into such a stage now that I've been up and down to the doctor. My medical aid is, is, is depleted. Um, I've got no sick leave. I've got no annual leave and, um, when now it's been said, you know, like, should you stay off again? Um, we'll just have to deduct your salary. Oh,
2: no. And,
3: really... um, and I'm saying to them, you know, like, this is a cry out. And then I had a session with, um, with HR. And, um, you know, we, um, like, I got sick at work. Yeah. And then um, I went to the uh, hospital and they referred me to... Um, a doctor, yes, and they wanting a uh, like you know report from this doctor, and I said to them that look, this this doctor uh, it's the first time I went to him, so he doesn't I'm know my history doesn't know my mm. yes, yes, I've just been to my g p that cannot have to be from a specialist. I said, well, I don't have the, the cash now to go to school um Yes, yeah. And um, today, for instance, um, you know, I actually went into work a bit later because I, um, I just couldn't gather myself, you know, and um, no. that's me. I'm getting panic attacks. I've got yeah. constant headaches.
2: So June, so June, what I'm going to do is that I'll take, your, I'll take your number from the producer and I'll be in touch with you because your situation is, is is not, it's a dire situation and if, if it carries on like this, she's probably going to have a mental breakdown and end up in hospital. But we are running out of time. So I'd like to thank um, Abdurrahman Kenny, CNS Portfolio Manager from Pharma Dynamics. I'd like to thank Khali um, Chabalala from the NPO, the Lupus Drive, for joining us on the show. And I'd also like to thank Dr. Tabani Nguanyana from Liberty. I think we had a great show, very informative show. And I will make sure we have a follow up to this. Sidebar
4: with Cindy.
1: Every Monday to Thursday, 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding
4: Rewinding Kaya
0: FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.